Howdy. Good morning, good day, good afternoon, good evening. Greetings, nerdlings. This is Andy Humphrey. Welcome to episode 105 of the Sprinkler Nerd Show, where it is my job to get in the mind of landscape entrepreneurs from around the universe and to tease out the habits and lessons they have learned so you can apply them to your own life and business. Today, I have three powerful lessons from my own experience. These are three lessons I think, well, I feel will improve your mindset and allow you to be more flexible and perhaps open to more opportunities that come your way in the future. This is something that I feel our industry needs is to be more open-minded and to have less default thinking. And I also know that if you are listening to this podcast, you probably have an open mind because still it is mostly innovators innovators and early adopters who are listening. So this might not be you. However, if you can help me open the minds of more people, I would really appreciate it because that is what our industry needs. So today I have three powerful lessons from my own experience that I think will help improve your mindset. Okay, so let's not waste any time. Let's roll the intro and get right into it. If you are an irrigation professional, old or new, who designs, installs, or maintains high-end residential, commercial, or municipal properties, and you want to use technology to improve your business, to get a leg up on your competition, even if you're an old-school irrigator from the days of hydraulic systems, this show is for you. Lesson number one, dreaming. What do you dream about? And I think when I say dream, what I'm really asking you is, what do you think about? Not what do you think about when you're sleeping, like actually dreaming, not asking what you're actually dreaming about, although I do think there is nothing wrong with that either. And that the more you dream while you are awake, the more you will probably have similar dreams while you are sleeping. And that is awesome. Okay. But what I really mean is, do you see the future? whatever that looks like. Have you ever seen the future? Have you tried to picture the future? What does it look like? Do you you allow yourself the space to consider what the future might look like? Okay. I think it's really important to have dreams, to look out into the future, to think about what that looks like and how that relates to where you are right now. Okay, I think you can do this in almost every aspect of your life. And I find, for me, I find it to be a fun exercise. And it's something that at this point, I don't even try to do. I do it all the time. And actually, I have to, I have to try not to do it. Otherwise, I can just get stuck in dreamland. So if you've never done this before, I encourage you to make space for yourself to do this. And to, you know, one, let's see, I was at a at a workshop a couple years ago where we did this as a group. And the way we did it was we were asked to picture our ideal life. Okay. And, and of course, that's a that can open up a, a giant, um, lots of avenues to think about. So where, what we did is we thought about just think about yourself one, one day in the life of your ideal life. And 
And when you think about this, you want to picture it, okay? Picture yourself getting out of bed. What do you do? What does it look like? Where are you? What does it smell like? What colors are on the walls? Who are you with? Picture all of it, okay? Write it down. Tell it to someone. Record a voice note. It's really, really important because if you have a dream that you want to live on a lake in the middle of the forest in a cabin, and you want to get up every morning and walk out onto the balcony with a cup of coffee and smell the fresh air, then it's important to start considering that, to start thinking about that, okay? Because I think that the first step in making any dream come true, no matter how big or how small, and I'm definitely not saying you need to have big dreams, right? Anything, <laughs> large or small. The first step in making these dreams come true is to embody them, to literally pretend as if they are real. Sometimes when I you know, when I really get into this practice, I almost feel goosebumps. I think I've mentioned this before that like when I, when I am, when I'm vision, when I'm envisioning something or dreaming of something and I feel goosebumps, that's how I know that I'm on the right track. Can I feel it? Okay. So with all that being said, let's move, let's move this dream back to business. And, and I want you to, I'm using dream and vision interchangeably. Okay. So a dream doesn't necessarily have to be something that becomes. A dream can also just be a, a prediction, if you will. So I have an actual example of a vision. I'm going to use the word vision here. Of a vision that I had back in 2005 that I'd like to share with you, okay? And when I came across this last week, I knew that I needed to record a podcast episode about it. Not long. I just needed to put it out there in the world. So I want to share it with you. And I found this deep in my files last week while I was searching for something completely different. And when I say my files, digital files in my Dropbox, where I've got just gobs of gobs of folders and files. But I found what I found and, and I was struck by it. So some of you may know, but for those that don't know my background in the industry, my second job, and this was 2004-2005, uh, while I was working for Turf Equipment and Supply in Maryland, it's an irrigation distributor, I was a water management representative. I did a lot of central control work, I did a lot of specification, and I often visited the offices of landscape architects, and during their lunch hour, I would educate them on irrigation best practices, how to design, what new products were available. And as the distributor, I, I wanted to position myself and our company as the go-to resource for landscape architects, because oftentimes if you can have, let's say, not inside information, but if you can get a first lead on a project that might be coming out, then you can position yourself to perhaps help a contractor win that project and then uh, sell you know, product and services for that project. So I would go to Landscape Architects offices. While they're having lunch, we called it a lunch and learn. That terminology is still used today, and I would educate Landscape Architects. And last week, I found one of my slide decks with a with one particular slide that caught my eye and it actually sort of blew my mind. 
went, holy shit, are you kidding me? And I say that for a couple different reasons. So what I want to do is I want to read this slide deck to you. I may actually make it the cover art for this episode for fun. So if, if it is the cover art, then you will be able to see that on sprinklernerd.com because the Apple Podcast and Spotify, I don't have unique art for every episode. So anyway, yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll put it on sprinklernerd.com. So visit it there. Okay. So I'd like to read you this slide <laughs> and the title of the slide, you're going to love this. The title of the slide is The Future of Irrigation. The future of irrigation. Okay. Remember, this is 2004 or 2005. And I gave a presentation that included a slide on what I thought the future of irrigation was going to look like essentially 20 years ago. Right? Here we go. I'm going to read them for you. There's six. I had six bullet points on this slide. The first one. ET control. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought was going to happen in the future, probably because it was already starting to happen. I had installed my first weather track controller back then. So I knew ET was coming. So I thought the future of irrigation was ET control. Number two, wireless control. And I'm not specifying what type of wireless. I just thought the future of irrigation is wireless control. Number three, internet accessibility. <laughs> internet accessibility. How did I even think that was a possibility? This is 2004, 2005. There was no internet accessible controllers. It was all the software was a CD-ROM, an application you load on your computer. But I put that as number three, internet accessibility, the future of irrigation. Number four, this is a good one. I wrote PDAs, not public display of affection, but PDAs, and I actually don't know what they stand for. I'll have to look it up, but that is a Palm Pilot, okay? PDAs, Palm Pilot. That's what I thought the future of irrigation was going to be because there was no iPhone. There was no mobile devices. That was the mobile device of the time, the Palm Pilot. So I thought that's what was going to happen. Number five, graphical interfaces, most of most or all the central control equipment typically had sort of one rudimentary graphical interface, but it wasn't advanced and it wasn't very user friendly. So graphical interfaces, that was number five. And this is the last one, number six. And I actually like the words that I used. I wrote flow meters and leak detection and reaction. <laughs> leak detection and reaction. Again, this was 2004 or 2005. And I'd like to ask you, what, on, what items on this list are used today? And how, what percent of projects have all of this? And that is the most surprising, that 20 years ago, having a dream, having a vision, coming up with this list of six, most, actually all of it is happening today every single one of these, but it's still on a very small percent of, of projects. That's what's so shocking to me. Okay, I'm going to read them again quickly this time. ET control, 
wireless control, internet accessibility, PDAs, graphical interfaces, and flow meters for leak detection and reaction. So that was 20 years ago. Now, what we could say is that the future is here, okay? These six things are happening here. We just, now we're waiting on adoption, okay? So I think there's two ways to split this. All of this is here. It's accessible. It's happening. So now we're waiting on adoption. So now what I would like to ask you to think about is what's next? If all those six things are here, what, what is the next future of irrigation? And to me, that's where things get really fun because just modifying one of the, one of the, um, one of the items on this list really isn't predicting the future. It's just making a slight change. So be thinking about what's really going to happen next. And when I ask you that, I don't, I'm not asking because I want you to have an answer. That's really the key is I'm just asking you because I want that to be on your mind and I want your mind to be always open thinking. I wonder what's next. Okay. So that was lesson number one is to have a vision, have a dream, practice it, embody it, be okay with it, have fun with it, feel it. It's pretty freaking cool when you can make space for yourself to do that. And I say make space because sometimes we're so busy that there just isn't the right time to have self sort of self uh, reflection or self thoughts other than maybe you're out at the bar with somebody and you spend an hour having a couple beers and you dream something up and that's great too. But I'm, I'm asking you, you know, you're in your car, you're driving to a job site and just let your mind wander, dream something up. Okay. And then don't forget to write it down or remember it. (laughs) So number two is really more about not giving yourself boundaries. Okay. Don't let yourself be locked in by boundaries that you've created in your mind, stories you've told yourself, assumptions that you may have made about how something works or how something is built or the efficiency of something. Don't put imaginary boundaries on your mind. And I want to read you a quote by Tom Morello. If you guys are familiar with Tom Morello, he is in the band Rage Against the Machine. And he's a great thought leader on these kinds of topics, on sort of the creativity, the open thinking, the curiosity, wonder. And I'd like to read you this quote because I think that it is it, it reads very true for our industry because a lot of our industry has closed a closed mind or operates from a place of assumption, okay? So here's the quote. If you are challenging the boundaries of any industry, what came before is not all that there has to be. There can be something beyond that which is not yet imagined, Okay, I'll read it again. If you are challenging the boundaries of any industry, what came before is not all there has to be. There can be something beyond that which is not yet imagined. Okay, so 
I wanted to start today with vision and dream and continue down this path of not closing yourself in. Think, you know, and I've used this phrase before, unthink and relearn what you think you know. Don't put a cage on the way you think of something. There's Ask yourself, is there another way that I haven't thought of? Could this device do something slightly different that no one's done with it yet? Okay, because I think that that's totally, totally possible. And sometimes there could be an, an innovation in an existing product, and that particular product might be a failure, but there might be some piece of innovation inside of it that could work in a different way. So just because one sprinkler doesn't work quite right, you can't write off all the technology that might be inside of it and how that could have advancements going forward, okay? We just, we have to imagine it. And the last one for today is more of a mindset about work, money, and happiness. And I heard this recently, this, I'm going to read you a quote by uh, Tony Fadell. He was one of the inventors of the iPod and an inventor of the Nest thermostat. And He's got this saying that never work for money. And I've actually told a lot of people this, and I've been in jobs where someone will ask me, how much money do you want to make? And my initial thought is always, I don't, I want to make a lot more money than, than you're able to pay me. <laughs> so if I told you the amount of money that I really want to make, you might just laugh at me because you're not able to actually pay me that amount of money according to the dream that I had and where I want to be in my life. And so I've always kind of thought you don't work for money either. You work for knowledge. This is me speaking at this point. You work for knowledge, you work to learn, and you want to keep on doing that. Okay, so you want to be in a job where you can continuously learn and help people. And money is just simply the trailing, the trailing indicator of previous success. So money comes after, okay? And I want to read you this quote from Tony Fidel, and he says, hating your job is never worth the money. He says, the way I've gotten wealthy is not by accepting giant paychecks or titles to jobs I know I'll hate. I follow my curiosity and my passion always. And that's meant leaving money on the table, so much money, people thought I was crazy. So don't get trapped. Just because you know, just because you don't know of better options doesn't mean they don't exist. Okay. And and I see this all the time. We know people, and you might be one of them, that keep going to your job and you don't like your job. You don't have to do that job. Okay. There is other money. There are other jobs. New opportunities will most likely come. And as I've mentioned before, where we've talked about that your network is your net worth, this is why. If you don't have a network, it'll be a lot harder for you to quit your job because you don't know anybody else to go get another job, okay? So always be meeting new people. And from, from not just our industry, but, you know, all walks of life, always be meeting new people. But if you're interested and you're really 
into this industry, our industry, the irrigation and landscape industry, then you want to meet as many people as possible and learn about what they're doing. And as Tony says, you know, he's gotten wealthy uh, because he follows his curiosity and his passion. Okay. So always follow your curiosity and your passion and never work for money because money is a trailing indicator of your previous success. So I hope those three things helped as a summary. Number one was to dream and have a vision. And I just wanted to share the slide with you about what I thought the future of irrigation was back in 2004, 2005. And now it somehow miraculously actually is that. And then not to put a cage around your thoughts, okay? Always be ready to reimagine something, okay? Just like Tom Morello says, there can be something beyond that which is not yet imagined. And then third, never work for money. Always follow your curiosity and your passion. So with that, everybody have an amazing weekend. Thank you so much for listening. Please share this podcast with a friend, associate, family member, or the bartender at your favorite microbrewery. That's it. So long. Love you guys. Bye-bye.